Life gets hard when you get down I'm just trying to figure my shit out What's going on guys? My name is Mark Anthony Joe And this is Coffee with Mark uh, First of all, this is my very first podcast With my brand new podcast set up I'm, I'm, I'm so... So excited. Okay, I I did say, I think it was the July 21st episode, or maybe the July 18th episode, I can't remember. One of the last two episodes I did, um, I was talking a little bit about how there's some reasons, there's some very specific reasons why you guys haven't heard from me in, I don't know, it's been like three to five weeks, at at least a month. Um, and, And a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with sort of circumstances that were um, that were that were that that existed either in my life or or around me um, that were really just instigating a lot of just negativity negative thoughts um, and and I was you know reminding myself on a daily basis listen mark if you don't have anything nice to say then just don't say nothing and you know what I was taking it very literally and just and just keeping my mouth shut. I wasn't recording any episodes, um, or at least I wasn't publishing them. The truth is, I was recording. I recorded several episodes that I never published. All right, but the other half of that, um, and really a- another reason that contributed to why you know I've been away from publishing episodes for some time now, is because I was having a lot of technical difficulties um, with my mics, with the software that I was using, and then even with Spotify. Uh, somehow I got to a point where my, my episodes, I would publish them and they weren't publishing to Spotify. So um, since the vast majority of you guys listen on Spotify, um, you know, it, it made it so that I was, you know, I was just very frustrated. And so wasn't recording, but I do have brand new mics. I have a whole new setup and I'm, and I'm so excited about it. Um, and, and one of the best parts about this new setup that I have is that previously I was using, I mean, not that this will mean much to you guys, but I was using a a USB mic, right? And so with USB mics, you can only use one mic at a time. Like even if you have multiple devices or multiple USB plugins, it'll only allow for one input, one audio input at a time. And so it was really like, it wasn't restrictive. I could still have guests on the show, which I have a guest on the show today, and I can't wait to introduce um, them to you, okay? But um, it wasn't like I couldn't have guests, but it was kind of awkward. Like, if you can picture, we gotta be sitting close enough that we can seamlessly pass the mic back and forth if we wanna have a conversation in it. I don't know, it's just not the, it's not the, it's not the best way to have a conversation. You know, it's really not. And, uh, and I've always been big on, you know, keeping it casual, um, having a nice, you know, comfortable, easygoing, but but super valuable conversation, um, whether it's just me uh, having a conversation with you guys, the audience, or me sitting with my guest having a conversation. And you know what? Uh, the last setup I had, it, it just wasn't conducive to the vibe, the energy that I, that I want to have and maintain through the shows. So like this new setup, man, I'm so excited about it. You guys, I appreciate you so much being here and, and giving it a listen, giving any of the episodes a listen, and hopefully you, you you laugh today, you smile, you're inspired, you're motivated, or maybe you even learn something. Hopefully you get something, some sort of value from today's show. And if you do, okay, if you do, please, 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 please return the favor and just, you know, tell a friend, share the show to your Instagram story. Um, we're really kind of starting from scratch. Um, I, I hate to, you know, I mean, 
it sucks. It honestly sucks, okay? But but we are. Because of, of the Spotify technical issue, um, just so you guys know, I had to republish the show entirely to Spotify. And so what that means is that if you had previously subscribed to the show, um, you're no longer subscribed. Like you have to resubscribe to the new page that I published, all right? So the old page is still there. You might say, Mark, what the hell are you talking about, right? You open up Spotify, you see Coffee with Mark right there. Okay, but likely you don't see this episode on that page, okay? Likely, if you're listening to this episode, it's on the new page and you're not subscribed to that page. So uh, everybody, please, all right, if you didn't, if you didn't uh, find this show through the link on my Instagram story, all right, go to my Instagram story, click on the link, and, uh, or even just go to my bio on my Instagram click on that link, subscribe to that show, that page. And then also I know that a lot of you guys left ratings, right? Um, we had like hundreds of five-star ratings when we had to re republish the show. Um, so I don't have any ratings right now, okay? So if you left a rating before, please go and re-rate the show. Leave, leave that five-star review just like you did last time. Um, and if you've never left a rating, please, please, please go ahead and rate the show. Subscribe, follow the show. Um, we're, we're, we really are starting from scratch, but I appreciate you guys so much for all of your support. And, uh, and so without further ado, all right, I do have a guest on the show today. And this is one of my most requested guest, all right, ever, okay, ever, 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 ever. I haven't had very many guests on the show, um, really just in general, but this person in particular, people ask me almost every single week, when are you going to have that person on the show, okay? Well, we finally got her on the show, all right? Um, today, I'm sitting here with Miss Grace Frisella. Grace, how you doing? You want to say hi? <laughs> I feel so honored. I didn't realize that many people were asking me to be on the show. Oh yeah, with, I mean, without a doubt, without well, a doubt, you're 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 the number one most requested person on the show. Well, your wish is my command, y'all. Hello, how are you? I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Okay. So yesterday, I was asking Grace. I'm like, Grace, what do you want to talk about on the show? And this is part of the reason why I haven't had her yet. Okay. Like anytime you guys recommend a guest for me, you also have to give me like, what do you want me to talk about with them? Because I don't know everybody's whole story. Obviously, I know Grace's. Okay, but like I like to pull the substance out or, or right? Because, I mean, guys, if you think about this. It's always interesting to talk to somebody about what they're passionate about, right? Like, like even if you're passionate about hot air balloons, okay? But if you're really passionate about it and I'm not interested at, at all, if I get you talking about it, I bet you, you make it sound a little bit more interesting than it typically sounds to me just because you feel so strongly about it, right? Like that's just how everything is. All right. So when you have a guest that you want to talk, you know, on the show, we've either got to talk about, you know, what they have to offer, what they've been through, their stories, their experience, something of substance that has, you know, that's notable, or we've got to talk about what they what they feel really strongly about, what they feel passionate about, because that's a, it's going to create a really good conversation, right? And so I'm asking Grace, and Grace is like, "Well, you're the host, I'm the guest. You're supposed to know what you're supposed to talk about." And I'm like, "Hi, yeah, yeah, okay." So she put the pressure on me. Um, but anyway, you know, Grace. I mean, first of all, do you want to introduce yourself for people who don't know who you are, um, and maybe give people a place that they can find you? Sure. Um, my name is Grace Frisella. I am Mark's girlfriend. Um, I also am a pretty cool human. No, I'm just kidding. But um, but I, um, you want me to give my story a little bit or you just want me to tell people 
Um, where they can yeah, find where me. they can find you. Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Grace Frisella, and you can find me on TikTok at Grace Frisella as well. Um, I really don't use Facebook very much. I have it. If you want to connect with me there, feel free, but I probably won't hit you back. Um, yeah. I don't know. All right. Okay. So a few fun facts. Let's do a few fun facts about Grace. Um, one I would say probably the most common question that Grace gets asked is, are you related to Andy Frisella? All right. And are you related to Andy Frisella? I am, but he is not my dad. He's not my dad. (laughs) Okay. He's not my dad. (laughs) So, So Andy is not only, you know, a mentor and a role model for me, um, you know, he is somebody who is really involved just in, in both Grace and I's life. She, he's been involved in Grace's life for her whole life. Um, and uh, and now to this day, I mean, we're still really close with him. It's just, a, it's just a really common question. And I know that if I didn't address it right out of the gate, that I was going to get that question a lot of times too, just especially after this podcast. So mm-hmm. let's get that out of the way. All right. Uh, next uh, fun fact about, about Grace, just some background. So, um, so did you go to college? What'd you go to college for? Um, and did you play any sports? I actually went to two colleges, but I didn't finish college. Um, I played college field hockey at St. Louis University for the first semester of my freshman year. And then, Which, um, by the way, guys, field hockey is not a sport. Let's just, let's just all agree on, on this right now. Okay. Grace and I, for our entire relationship have agreed to disagree on this. But she swayed me at times, you know? It does seem kind of physical and stuff, but, like, if it's not on TV, I don't know. I don't know. It's the third most popular sport in this the entire world. This is what she world. always says. She always says it's the third most popular sport in the entire world. And you know what? She's Googled it. She's Googled it. Like, if you're one of those people that's sitting there right now, and your first instinct was to agree with me, and you said, you know what? Field hockey's not a sport. She has literally Googled it and shown me that it is the third most popular sport on the planet. So it is, in fact, a sport. But... I'm revolting. Okay. <laughs> Mark's never even watched a video. He's never even seen it being played. If you haven't ever seen field hockey being played, because it's not super popular in the U.S., it's very, very popular in Europe, I highly recommend you watch like a YouTube top 10 highlights. It's a pretty badass sport, you guys. It's it's fun. And I loved playing, but I just wasn't super happy with the school that I was at. Um, and so I transferred halfway through my freshman year to Mizzou. I studied food science and nutrition at Mizzou um, and went there until COVID shut everything down. So that was March of 2020, obviously, um, and moved back home with my parents. Um, I was supposed to have an internship in Colorado over the summer of that summer, and I was going to work on an organic dairy farm um, north Grace, of Denver. Guys, Grace loves cows. They're so like, literally cute. Every, How could you not? They're so cute. Every <laughs> single time we drive past cows on the highway or when we're in the car, she's like, oh, look at the cows. And I'm like, you're literally the only human being on earth that has ever said that about cows. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. I went to, I went my, so guys, my major was in the College of Agriculture, so I spent a lot of time with people who had a background in ag, which is funny because I'm a city girl, I have zero experience on farms, but came to love it, came to love the people, man, farmers are good people, they're really good people. Eventually, Grace and I will probably have our own chickens, cows, and Bees, I really want some bees. Anyways, we're getting off topic, but supposed to have an uh, internship 
on an organic dairy farm in Colorado got canceled because of COVID and nobody knew what the heck was going on. So then stayed at home with my parents and um, ended up interning at First Form. And that's how I met Mark because that's another really common question that we get. Um, but I don't know if you want to go that is that a, story. That is a super common question. How did you guys meet? Okay, we did. We met at First Form. And really, let me just... <clears throat> Let me just sort of, you know, uh, what is it, foreshadow. Let me foreshadow what we're actually going to get into today. So a question that has been very, 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 very common for me since I resigned from First Form, my previous career, is, hey, Mark, what are you doing now? You know, like I get it. Okay, great. You you left First Form and, and the podcast that I published where I explained, you know, where I announced that I'd left First Form and then I'd also sort of gave all the details that I was willing to give. That was probably the most popular episode, um, the most listened to episode that I've ever published. So I know that you guys are curious about like, you know, that whole situation. Um, And I have gotten so many people, I mean, literally probably a a hundred people asked me like, well, what are you doing now? And I just, I've been putting off answering that question. And I think that now with with Grace here on the show with me, uh, because Grace and I are actually working together on something right now, um, at least in the professional side of our lives, um, you know, I think it's a good opportunity to finally get into that, explain what we're doing, how we came about, you know, the idea and, uh, and really where we're at in the process. So I am going to shed a lot of light on that. Um, but... It's worth telling that story. So, so there's this funny story that happened right when Grace and I met. <laughs> are we going to tell it your way or are we going to tell it the way it actually happened? I don't know. This is, <laughs> guys, this is what always happens. This is literally what always happens. But, but long story short, because I'm not going to spend too much time on it, we did meet at work. And, you know, I, I, I'm always like I'm antisocial. OK, a lot of people, a lot of people have a hard time believing that because they see me on Instagram, they see me on my story, they whatever. Even if you've worked with me in a professional setting, like I have a lot of enthusiasm. It seems like I'm pretty happy talking to people. But like, Grace, am I am I can you, you can, prefer to be alone? I prefer to be left alone. Ninety nine percent of the time. I yeah. Say. Like even in my own house, like I'll come in my my office and literally close the door. The dogs, you know, lock the dogs out, lock Grace <laughs> out. Like it's it's I mean, it makes me feel really good about myself. You guys. <laughs> all right. But at least she knows this about me. And, and, and so when Grace first started working at First Form, OK, um, you know, she's a cute girl in the office. Like, obviously, everybody noticed that she was there. A cute new girl. Uh, but I literally went like two weeks, would you say? Probably like close to a week. Two, yeah, okay, okay, so I, I went a week, a week and a half without saying a single word to her. Like a single She had literally met every single person in the office at this point and introduced themselves and welcomed her and all this stuff. And I literally had not said a single word to her. Meanwhile, like my desk faces Mark's desk at the time. And so he would walk by with his headphones that had cords still. He he refuses to wear AirPods unless they're mine. Um, And so he's walking by back and forth, back and forth. I keep seeing him like, it felt like it was a glare at me because the man doesn't smile. And so I was like, what, who is this guy? I literally remember asking someone who that person was that kept walking by my desk and they were like, oh, that's Mark. Like he, you know, uh, he doesn't really talk very much to other people, <laughs> to new people. And I was like, oh, noted. Like, <laughs> uh, so, okay. So I finally, at one point, I believe I initiated, right? The conversation. Yeah. So you I, came over and you're like, yeah. So I finally, at one point walk up and I'm like, Hey, you know, uh, you're new here. 
right? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you're like, who are you? Yeah, who are and you? And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's not the greeting I was expecting, but let's go. So I, so I hit her with a who are you, and, and she's like, I'm Grace. All right, Grace, I'm Mark. You know, like, hey, well, well, what do you do here? You know, okay, so in case you don't know, I mean, at first form, just about everybody starts in the same spot. Most people start from the bottom. They have to work their way up. They have to earn uh, an opportunity for a higher level, career level position. Even if you're recruited and, you know, to come there for a specific job or position, you still have to go through some of those uh, more entry level positions just to learn what those what they're like before you actually get to the role that you're you're ultimately going to end up in and build a career around. OK, and, and I actually like that they do that. But I see her and I'm like, well, what do you do here? And she tells me what she was doing. And I'm like, well, that's a that's a pretty good job, you know, like, and she's like, yeah, I'm just an intern. And I'm like, what? I said, um, he's like, how'd you get that job? I said, well, I'm smart. I worked really hard. And, you know, mm-hmm. she does, that's it. <laughs> Both so, true statements. So, in, so in, in my head, I'm like, how the heck did she get that job? You know, like just coming right in the door, 22 years or 20 years old at the time. And, uh, and, then, and she's like, I'm smart. I work really hard. Okay. Then I found out the real reason. Yeah. He goes, well, Grace, what's your last name? And I said, Frisella. And he goes, oh, you're a Frisella. And, and this was the best part of the story. Uh, so that's why you got the job, right? I'm like, oh, you're a Frisella. And then at that very moment, Andy <laughs> was walking by and he heard me say that. And he said, yeah, and she's a lot smarter than your dumb ass, too. You know? So I'm like, okay, noted. Okay, okay. Um, and, it, and was he right? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely right. No, he was, he was definitely right. Grace has the Frisella brain, you know. But, uh, but anyway, okay, so that's how Grace and I met. Um, and then even our, like our first date, uh, our first date was like so Mark. Okay, so Mark. I, I saw on her Instagram that she did yoga and... Uh, and so I said, oh, man, you do yoga? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, you should, dude, you should come to a class with me sometime. She's like, okay, I will. So I invite her to, to meet me at class at, at 6 a.m. on a Monday morning. <laughs> and then, you guys, and then we get there. And it's mid-COVID, so, like, it's on a rooftop of a parking garage. It was Sunrise Yoga. It was actually super cool mm-hmm. without it being, you know, at 6 a.m. on a Monday. But we had to work after, you know, classic, yeah. casual. But um, then class is over, you know. Like, during the class, you're not talking. It's like they're playing peaceful music, whatever. And class ends, and teacher's like, okay, thanks for coming. And Mark's like, see ya. And I was like. I just walk out. <laughs> I literally remember standing there being like. I'm sorry. What? What just happened? And then we went to work and you didn't like talk to me anymore. I was like, okay, I'm just going to oh, move man. on from that listen, one. Listen, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> <laughs> but you're here. You're I'm here. here. So I don't worked. really know how and or why some days, but I'm here. and I- <laughs> It worked. It worked. Um, all right, guys. So, so, so that's it. Okay. So this is Grace. Um, she is my better half. And... Um, and so if you follow us closely, then you will have picked up on uh, the fact that Grace and I, we love to travel. Okay, we, we, we love to travel. And I, I actually have been thinking about this. So it's actually less about our love for traveling, even though, yes, we do love to travel. Um, and it's more about like, like really, really mindfully and intentionally living our lives. You know, like what... Like I, at least, and you guys have heard this from me a lot, 
I'm acutely aware of the fact that, um, you know, that things could be worse, that things could be worse, you know, that, that I could just, um, my life could look entirely different than it does right now. Um, I, I, I hate to, I always go back to this because it's always in the back of my mind. I don't, I don't even hate to do it. You know, I actually love this, but I love the experience that I had sitting in prison for five and a half years. Um, because you know what? I, I was still alive. I was still alive, but I wasn't living, you know, and I, and I made, like, I wasted so many days. Think about how many days that is. Five and a half years. Okay. You're, you're talking thousands of days that I wasted. You know, I wasted those days and I made a commitment to myself before I even came home from prison that when I get out of here, I'm not going to waste any, I'm not going to waste another day. Okay. I'm not going to waste another day of my life. And so that's, that's what you see. It's more so a sense of urgency about living, right? A living and, 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 and having the richest life experience that I can. Um, and enjoying it with grace. And for grace, it might be more of a love of traveling, but that's what it is for me, you know? And, uh, and so anyway, we both love traveling. And, and when we travel, um, we don't just, it's, it's not like a surface level dip into the places that we go. We really try to immerse ourselves in the places, in the cities, and the towns, and the roads that we drive, and the, and the place, you know, the, 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 the nature that that we that we visit right um and one thing that we noticed that we did is every time we travel we always look for a few different things right we always look for good coffee like that's like right that's top priority we, we, mark's number one priority okay that's top priority find a good dirty yeah. chai <laughs> yeah we, we try to find a good coffee shop to visit um we try to find good food so a good restaurant or a place to stop and get something to eat um, we try to find a place to work out or to get some movement in, whether it's a place to hike or a gym to visit. Um, and then last but not least, we, a lot of times we look for something fun to do, okay? And that could be, you know, a nightclub, a bar, um, a concert, live music somewhere, um, or even just some, you know, uh, non-traditional things. Like if there's deep sea fishing in South Florida, that's something that we were talking about doing or, or whatever, right? Whatever, whatever the locals do. Or whatever is only available in the place that we're in. A lot of times, that's what we're thinking about doing. Okay, so so we we have this tendency to hit these new towns, new places, and really immerse ourselves. And there's there's one thing that we do. We we did it almost unconsciously for the longest time. But what we would do is we only we go out of our way to support locally owned, you know, independently owned and operated small mom and pop shops. Like when we're looking for coffee, like you would never catch me visiting a Starbucks while I'm while I'm on the road, right? I'm looking for a, a, a mom and pop shop, okay? When we're looking for food, we're not going to Olive Garden. We're going to the Italian neighborhood. Pause. If you go to Olive Garden, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> Uh, my Italian heritage is a little bit ashamed to even mm -hmm. know that fact, okay? So please, <laughs> if you go to Olive Garden, A, don't tell me, and B, don't call it Italian. Okay, continue. Don't call it Italian. It's American, okay? But 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 that my point, though, is that we're not going to like a, a big chain restaurant when we're on the road. We're exclusively going to one-off locations of, of restaurants that the, that the locals have, have built, right? Um, and so we love supporting locally owned small businesses. We go out of our way to do it. And then our process 
uh, sort of reverse engineered, our process for finding and deciding like which places are we going to go to is another thing that we've always done unconsciously, but just recently we've really looked at and, and realized that there's something there. There's something of value. There, there's, there's at least um, some light being shed on just consumer behavior that actually inspired us to start the company that we started. And so what we would do is we'd land and I'd, or, or we'd arrive, and I'd always Google like best coffee near me, or let's say we're in Dallas. So I'd say best coffee in Dallas. And I'd go based on Google reviews. So Google would, would, would pop up a whole bunch of different options and all the Google uh, ratings would be there. So we'd pick like the top two or three best rated places. And then in like unconsciously, Grace would immediately just go to Instagram and search the top th two or three best uh, highest rated places. And ultimately, whichever place had the best Instagram is usually the place that we go to, right? Yeah. Well, and and I did that like partly because I am a super visual person. And so I like to see the food on the plates or see the coffee and see the atmosphere. Like I like to know what I'm getting into. Um, but also it kind of just happened to work out that every time I, I found a place that looked cool on Instagram, most of the time they had a really cool experience that that we got to experience there. So. That's the place we'd go to. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But and, and the fact that they, they always provide a great experience because Grace and I I can't think of I can't think of any places that we've gone out of our way to visit while we're on the road that we've had a poor experience. I can't think of a single poor Cracker experience. Cracker Barrel. Oh, Cracker Barrel. Oh, my God. Grace convinced me. She's been begging me for two years to go to Cracker Barrel. Apparently, apparently, when she was a kid, this is something that her and her family did, and so it's kind of nostalgic for her. But she's like, man, you got to go to Cracker Barrel. You got to try it at least one time, blah, 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 blah. So we're on our way back. On a road trip, we're, we're, we're on our way back from Miami, heading back to St. Louis, which just for reference, this is a 22 hour drive. Okay. So we were, we were looking for a place to stop and eat. Typically what we look for is exactly what I just described. Okay. This is the, this is, I mean, this is such, such a bad experience. So Grace is like, oh, there's a Cracker Barrel. All right, cool. I guess we'll go there. This is your lucky day. Okay. There's a Cracker Barrel. Um, I, I didn't have much fight in me. Okay. I've literally been turning her down for two years now. <laughs> All right. So we go to Cracker Barrel and long story short, it was literally, and I'm, and I'm being, I'm being literal. Okay. I'm not being dramatic. It was literally the worst experience that I've ever had. Uh, worst dining experience that I've ever had. Worst experience I've ever had at a restaurant. Worst meal that I've ever paid for. I put on my story and I meant it. That it, it was literally worse than prison food. Okay, I swear to God, I would rather eat prison food than eat that Cracker Barrel's food again. Okay, even the cornbread. Even the cornbread, which I did not expect. I expected the cornbread to have. I'm like at least the corn. You can't fuck cornbread up when you've been making it for a hundred years. Okay, well, even the cornbread was terrible because I, I, it was like salty. Like it wasn't, it, it, was had, not good. it had no sweetness. <laughs> like what happened? I don't know. But also, okay, a few things to note, you guys. Like Mark said, typically, like I am not a chain restaurant person at all. Like the only time that I really shop chain is if I need to go to Target for like my essentials. Um, but other than that, like we really don't use Amazon. We really don't do no. many chains whatsoever um we really try to support local when we can but 
Cracker Barrel has always been like the road trip spot for my family. And it just felt right in this moment because we were in the car for 22 hours. We're in the middle of Georgia somewhere and there was nothing else, like literally nothing. Um, Which by the way, that's another thing. I know Mark talks about it a lot, but get on the ground and drive. You'll realize how much of the United States is, is not as populated as you think. But middle of nowhere, Georgia, felt right. This guy, this poor waiter that was taking care of us, it was his first day. It was his first day. He messed up Mark's food. The cornbread was terrible. Mark literally, literally was so I tried bad. to play it safe and just ordered chicken. Fried I'm like, chicken. I'm like, hey, let's just give me the southern fried chicken and biscuits. Like that's I'm cool with that, right? So the guy brings back chicken fried steak. <laughs> Guys, I, I swear to God, I, I like I can't even I cannot I cannot put this in perspective how bad it was. Like I cannot put it in So anyway, all right guys, but we got to get back on track. So to get back on track, all right. So um okay, so so the process. All right. So so great we'd always Google, okay, best coffee shop near me or best food near me, best food in D- Dallas, best restaurant in Dallas. We'll Google something like that. We'll get uh, a number of options based on the highest Google ratings. And then we'll take the top two or three rated, uh, best rated places. We'll go to Instagram. Okay, and then based on their Instagram, they win or lose our business. Okay, they, they literally win or lose our business based on uh, the presentation, the first impression that their Instagram page gives us. Okay, and so we started to think about that. And, and then there, there was a few occasions where we'd show up to a place and they were closed. And they were closed. And we just literally looked at, we look, looked them up on Google. We looked them up on Instagram. And it didn't say anything anywhere about them being closed today. Okay, but they closed early for this reason or that reason. You know, and so Grace would get so frustrated because she's like, I literally, why is there nothing on your Instagram story? Why is there nothing on, the, on your Instagram or, you know, to say that you're closed today? Like, these people really ought to have somebody tending to their social media. All right. So then... There's this, there's this other, you know, there's this other variable that also really um, heavily influenced my decision to go all in on our business. And in case you, you haven't, um, you know, really put the pieces together yet. So we, we decided around three months ago to start a company um, and our company's called Posted. All right, posted social media management. It's kind of cute. The 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 tagline is "We'll keep you posted." Keep right? you posted. I, I love it. I love it. So this is Grace's. That's Grace's idea, and she's super creative about stuff like that. Can I can I add my piece yeah, on it a little bit? So you know, Mark covered the travel aspect, but really, like after I left First Form, um, you know, I wasn't exactly sure yet what I was going to do, but I knew that I love St. Louis. I've lived here my whole life. And I really wanted to find a way to connect with small business owners here because, again, we're super passionate about supporting local. And so Mark was like, well, why don't you just start building relationships with people? And I was like, you know what? That's can't can't hurt anything. So I started going into businesses here in St. Louis. And really, that's more so where I started to see like the open or close thing on the stories because you know, in January, there's all these dumbass holidays. Mm-hmm. Like it was literally like Monday after Monday, I would go to try to visit a new place and it would be closed. So, you know, along with the travel side of things, there's, I noticed that not only were people not utilizing their stories, but also here in St. Louis, you know, there's a little bit, I think of lack of understanding or lack of time. Um, because business owners are busy doing 
the actual business and not running social. So, you know, I just saw an opportunity there for someone to be able to step in and help. Yeah, for someone to help those people. And okay, and so just to finish that that thought, you know, in case you haven't really put the pieces together yet. So Grace and I started a company called Posted um, that is social media management uh, company where we help small business owners specifically. Okay, so that's our target um, our target client. Those are those are really the only people that we're that we're interested in helping. Um, and what we'll do is we'll we'll basically go in, um, teach these people about the power of social media. Teach them, you know, really just the the impact that it can have, not only on brand awareness, but also just driving new traffic and and you know, um, connecting them with with locals, uh, people who maybe have never seen or heard of their product or service or their 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 establishment. Um, so we'll go in, Grace will go in, she'll, she'll shoot content for them uh, on a regular basis, she'll edit the content, she'll create the posts, write the captions, and really just, uh, it's almost like almost like giving these small business owners an entire media department, you know, or a social media division that is just for their business, you know, and just taking that 100% off their hands. Um, and it's cool, it's cool because... What I think about and what inspires me and what motivates me to really help these people every day is I think about like the power of social media. And, and I want to I want to sort of paint this picture briefly because, you know, it's something that I just don't know that we all really appreciate. We use social media mindlessly and unconsciously every single day, uh, but we don't really stop and think about what it does. Right. And so there's this um, uh, I mean, even just think about, like just think about the trends. Like, just think about the trends. Like, when you see an Instagram reel or TikTok and you see you, you're, you're on, you spend an hour on the app, but you see 20 different people did this same trend, right? It's like, it's literally making things cool. It's making things cool. It has the power to make things cool. It has the power to make people cool, okay? It also has the power to make people not cool, right? We all know about cancel culture and we know about what happens then. We know when, when people get you know, bombarded with negative negativity, negative messages, feedback. Um, it can be it can be overwhelming, you know, and I'm not that's one of the aspects of social media that I don't really like. Okay, but then also I'm trying to think of an example um, that I can use. The the best example is the one that I always use and I just don't know that I want to use it. But there's this there's this gym in Texas. Okay. There's this gym in Texas that um, I'm not going to name it, but a lot of you guys will know what I'm talking about. But anyway, there's this gym that was was built by um, a guy who's a, a really successful entre entrepreneur, okay? And he's also very, very well known on the internet, especially within the health and fitness space, okay? So he builds this gym and it's just this big destination gym, okay, where a lot of like online fitness influencers will, will travel there just to go shoot. And create content in this gym. A lot of uh, this guy's companies, like people who are customers of his companies and fans of his brand, they will travel just to go see the gym, just to go shopping at their headquarters and all kinds of things. So it, it's literally, guys, it's a commercial gym. It's a commercial gym. You can buy a membership. You can go work out there. Okay. But the internet, the internet, social media alone has made this gym a destination to the point that people... I mean, literally thousands of people a year, they, they spend their own money and they dictate their, their vacation destination 
based on a gym, based on a gym. You know, so they spend their own money and travel across the country just to go work out here. And when you think about that, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. And it's like, and, and I've talked to people who have visited the gym and they tell me, eh, I mean, it was cool, but it was kind of underwhelming. That was literally the verbiage that somebody used when they described it to me. It was cool, but it was kind of underwhelming because social media had set such a high expectation of what this gym was gonna be like and people's content and the way they depicted it, they made it seem bigger than life. They made it seem like the best gym on the planet. And you know what? That's how powerful social media can be for any product or any service or any mom and pop coffee shop. It can make it, it can literally turn it into a destination, okay? Well now the challenge that a lot of business owners are gonna face when they really harness the power of social media the way that the guy that I'm talking about, the way that he did, the, the challenge that you're gonna face is living up to the expectation that was set on social media. If you turn your, your business, your establishment into a destination, let's say you have a coffee shop, and it is it just becomes it blows up on the internet you do a great job marketing it and showcasing the culture within the shop and the the different drinks you guys make and it be, it becomes very popular within that demographic of people who are passionate about coffee like I am okay everybody knows about it it's a, you know it's well known outside of your town and your city okay now the challenge that you face is when somebody's passing through your town or your city and they decide to stop at that coffee shop does the experience that you provide actually match up to the expectation that you set on the internet. That's the challenge. And if it does, if it does, you only perpetuate even more positive word of mouth and validation about you know all of the hype. But if it doesn't, then you up, end up in a spot like the person that I mentioned where people are leaving there saying, man, it was cool, but it was kind of underwhelming, which isn't the best case scenario. And so Grace and I will explain this and whether, whether a, a company's goals or a small business owner's goals are just to connect with uh, or build some awareness around their business uh, locally, or their goal is to make their business, their restaurant, their coffee shop, their gym a destination, you know, or anything in between. Okay, that's something that we really want to help these people with. And and so what I was gonna get into earlier um, with sort of the um, the other variable that really really influenced me in wanting to go all in and really, really help these people, these people specifically, because we could easily, I mean, we've had ample opportunities to help people with, you know, shooting content for their personal brands, to help bigger businesses. Okay, we, we literally want to work exclusively with small business owners, right? And a lot of that stems from the fact that like, we're all aware of the ramifications of the past three years, COVID, um, the pandemic, the shutdown, the restrictions, we're all aware of the ramifications that that had for small businesses, okay? Like, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, agree or disagree, because I strongly disagree with this, but no matter how you feel, the facts are the facts. And when, you know, restrictions were put in place, the shutdown was implemented, a lot of a lot of most of the small businesses across the country were forced to close. They were forced to shut down and stop doing business for for uh, you know who knows how long. While all of these big businesses, companies like Walmart and Target and Sam's Club and Home Depot and Amazon, those companies weren't forced to shut down. 
those those companies they didn't miss a beat. They didn't miss a beat. Okay, and so what happened? And this isn't something that uh, when the COVID conversation and the pandemic conversation comes up, uh, I don't hear a lot of people talking about this. But what what really happened during those two years, or however long the small business uh, small business owners faced restrictions, like however long those small businesses had to stay shut down. Well, what happened during that time is that everybody. Even people like Grace and I, who we go out of our way to support local and support small businesses, even people like us, we didn't have any small businesses that were open to support. So everybody started doing business with these big businesses. Everybody was buying their day-to-day, week-to-week items from places like Walmart, from places like Target or Amazon. And, and, And I think that consumers, what happens is over time, especially over a long enough period of time, consumers become habitual. Right. And so now you've just spent the last year depending 100 percent on Amazon to deliver all of your weekly or monthly or whatever items. You depend 100 percent on Walmart to have your groceries ready for curbside pickup and you get used to the convenience. You get used to the prices that you're paying and then you come out of the pandemic. You come out of the shutdown. Okay, small businesses open back up. But you know what? Of course, first of all, they had zero income for months and months and months and months. Uh, So they can't afford to give you the best price. A lot of times, sometimes their prices have increased. Okay, and not only that, but the consumer's already used to the convenience and the prices that they get with these big companies and corporations. And so what really happened over those two years is we saw a major transfer of wealth, a major, a major transfer of wealth, okay? Away from, let's say pre-pandemic, pre-COVID, uh, let's just throw some random, these are not exact numbers, okay? But let's just say that the way that we did business as American consumers was like an 80-20 split, okay? 80% of our business we do with big companies, big corporations, all right? And then 20%, we, uh, we do business with small businesses, local businesses, all right? Well, if that was 80-20 pre-pandemic, Let's just say now post-pandemic, for a multitude of different reasons. One, because there's less small businesses. Two, because the consumers do business differently. All right. And three, um, I I would even argue that consumers are are somewhat like, I mean, just people. People are somewhat like antisocial now. Not really entirely, but we're not quite as social. We're not quite as friendly or outgoing. We're not quite as welcoming as we were before the pandemic, just because we got you know, we were sort of suspicious of one another for like two years there, right? I want to add something on that note. You guys, the other day I was at Target and I was walking through and I I like to talk to people. I'm not going to go out of my way necessarily to talk to a stranger in Target, but if the cashier starts chatting, of course, I'm going to talk to them. and, And I literally was watching this person in front of me walk around with their AirPods in. Like the AirPod Pros that are completely noise canceling, literally all throughout Target, like full shopping cart, just had their headphones in the whole time. And I literally like thought to myself, I was like, I cannot imagine going through and going to a grocery store or Target or Walmart, wherever, and like completely tuning out the world. It, it Like I like that sort of social interaction. I know that's just me, but I think that's exactly what's Mark, what Mark is talking about of the ramifications of like the antisocial portion of quarantine. I, I would say that that is entire that's so much more popular 
post-pandemic mm-hmm. than it was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a consequence of a lot of variables, um, but they're all related to the pandemic, mm-hmm. whether it's people being afraid of getting infected or getting sick. So keeping a social distance, whether it's the masks that sort of prime you to, to keep your distance, like there's a lot that goes into it. But I would say that that kind of behavior is is so much more popular now post-pandemic than, than it was pre-pandemic. And to my point, okay, the consumers behave differently and it's almost to the point where like we're not out and about like walking around town square or walking around downtown or walking through our neighborhood to discover small businesses like that. I mean, pre-pandemic, it wasn't it wasn't unusual to like go to a farmer's market and discover some new people or maybe um, or maybe like. Uh, walk through your 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 town's downtown and just sort of browse or meander and discover new shops or or whatever, right? Go shopping on foot or just have to spend the day and stop somewhere for lunch and then you know walk around a little bit. But I feel like I, I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong, but I feel like people don't do that quite as much as they used to either. And and so when we're talking to these small business owners, it's just like you know the best way for you to bring your business's attention or your business to the consumer and to the local's attention is to meet them where they're at. If they're not coming out as much, okay, well then you're, you're, you're not going to get the foot traffic. All right. Or, um, if these people are still accustomed to the convenience and the price that they can get elsewhere, well, you got to offer something else. You know, you've got to build real relationships, real, real connections with the local people. And what better place to do that than the place that they already frequent and that they're very, very familiar with and the place that they interact with all of their other friends. Right. That's that's ultimately what we want is to help build communities around small businesses. We want to build awareness around small businesses. And really, I mean, I did an episode here probably two months ago where I was talking about being a mindful consumer, like understanding where your dollars go and what and and what they're doing. Like are your dollars actually working against you or are you are you spending your dollars with 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 people just like you? Right? People trying to make the most of their experience of life, people trying to make a real impact, people trying to provide real value, or are you just mindlessly funneling all of your money, all of your wealth to these same people. Like I don't, I was saying, who was I talking to when I was like, man, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but just recently, it was like, it was like last night. Oh, I was talking to my buddy. Okay. So I was talking to my buddy last night and I said, man, I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything, but like there's probably 50 people on earth that own everything. That own everything. Maybe 50 people own 80% of the earth. You know, and it's like, or 50 different companies. Let's say 50 different companies or corporations own 80% of the the market, of the economy. You know, and we're only because these businesses, they own all the other businesses, right? And, and, And like, who knew? Like, Grace and I saw a TikTok not long ago about Walmart or, or the grocery store. And it showed how these 10 companies own all the products that are on the shelves in the aisles in grocery stores, right? Like they own all, like all the chips, like basically all the chips are owned by the same company. Okay. So you can pick Doritos, you can pick Fritos, you can pick, uh, Grace's favorite is the Lay's kettle cooked mesquite barbecue. 
Okay, but it doesn't matter. You can pick any chip because it's all owned by the same company. And they, and they create this illusion of competition. When they're creating an illusion of competition, that's when you know that they own too much. They own too much. They own us 100%. Okay, and this is my conspiracy theorist side. All right, so where I said that this variable played a big role in me going all in on our idea to help these small business owners and to do what we're doing um, it did because I feel really, really strongly about that. Like I want to help create more success stories from regular ass people that had the courage, that had the courage to really, uh, one, set a big goal of actually building a company, of starting their own business, walking away from whatever they did previously and, and going all in on themselves. So one, I love that because that's what I'm all about. That's what you guys hear from me constantly. So I want to I want to I want to try to build more success stories from these regular ass people that decided, you know what? I'm going to try to create my own little slice of this pie. And two, I would love if long term, you know, Grace and I with the help of other people who feel very similar to us, like if people are, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that are also passionate about supporting small business, that are also passionate about really experiencing what those people, what those businesses and establishments have to offer. Because a lot of times, there's a lot of there's a lot of character behind Dude, it. Dude, the small business owners are some of the coolest people I've ever met. If you actually take the time to sit down and talk to a small business owner. The passion that they have for what they do, because it's specialized, it's small business, it's usually specific to one niche, they're the experts, and they will sit there and talk to you and tell you, I'm such a nerd, so like I geek out over finding out more information about things that I didn't know about before, and it's so fascinating to me, and just such an enriching experience to talk to people who are deeply involved in a small business, like a small business owner. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really, really fun. And, uh, and so, I mean, just to finish that thought, you know, like I'm, I'm in my brain, I'm like, man, long term, if we can restore that 80, 20, right? Like how I was saying earlier, I think pre pre if pre COVID, it was 80, 20 now post COVID it's 95, five, right? These small businesses across America, they're fighting and clawing for that little 5% of the money that we spend in America every day. Why can't we, why can't we make that slice of the pie bigger for small business owners? You know, and if we can do that, both through spreading awareness, through promoting actual quality products or services or experiences that these small businesses provide, bringing their attention to that, and then also inspiring people with the same passion that we feel for supporting small business to the point where you would actually start becoming a more mindful consumer and going out of your way to support small businesses every chance you get like we do. Okay, if we can do that, then together, together, maybe these motherfuckers won't own our lives in like five years. Because <laughs> I know that, what did the Klaus Schwab, he said by oh 20, gosh, he said by 2030, uh, you'll own nothing and be happy. Well, you know what? Fuck you, Klaus. All right. Because Grace and I, if we have anything to Speak say. Speak for yourself, buddy. If we have anything to say about it. All right. <laughs> seriously, if we have anything to say about it, these small business owners are going to are gonna own a little bit too. Yeah. Right? But yeah. Uh, Oh, cool. So, I mean, Grace, so this is not my first time building a business. Um, in fact, uh, I've built a couple businesses and then also my entire professional career um, has been as sort of a, a business coach um, in a sense where I've literally helped hundreds of people build successful businesses too. So I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the 
you know, sort of the waters that that we're that we're navigating right now. But this is Grace's very first time. Um, in fact, I mean, she she had the traditional American, you know, sort of funnel, if you will, where it was just like, you know, grow up, you go to private school, then you graduate high school, then you go to college, then you get a degree, and then you get a safe job, and blah 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 blah. That's sort of how. Don't shit on my track. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. It's just different than mine. You know. So Grace had sort of. She was following that track in life, and then I rudely interrupted. But this is completely out of her comfort zone, completely new and different to her. So Grace, hopefully I have some people out here listening right now that that maybe someday are going to start their own businesses and do their own thing. So what are some things that you've learned, um, some of the hardest things that you've tried, um, and then I guess uh, the thing that you're enjoying the most? So I would say, gosh, there's it's my life has taken a total 180 in the past two years. I think a lot of people's lives have. Um, actually, it's so funny. Before we sat down to record today, I was making a reel about all the changes that have happened in 2022 for me. So you can keep an eye out for that later. But, um, but you know, I think at first, before Mark came on with me, um, I was in the client acquisition phase. You know, I set up my LLC. I got my tax ID number. I got everything squared away in terms of like administrative sense. And then I was like, okay, now what? And Mark's That's like- That's the funny part is that when people start their first business, they literally like get an LLC, a tax ID number, you know, you get your stuff done and you're like, okay, I have a business. <laughs> and, and then, then there's no money coming in. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then Mark was like, well, you need to get clients. I'm like, okay, so, you know, I am proud. I, you know, I humbly say that I'm proud of the social media platform that I've built for myself. And so kind of went into this business anticipating that I could leverage my platform a little bit in getting clients. And then, you know, something that I didn't really consider, which duh, like retrospect is 2020, but, um, you know, the, the clients that I actually want to acquire are the ones that don't have great social media platforms. So Grace, how are you going to acquire those clients through social media if you can't even get a hold of them? Um, if they haven't posted since 2018, you know, so that was something. And then not only that, but then like your hundred and, you know, a hundred thousand followers doesn't mean anything to them. Cause Correct. they're like, <laughs> they're like, what? Yeah. So anyway, that was the biggest hurdle that I had to jump through at first was, um, the, the only way that I could acquire clients was going door to door. And so for a long, long time, I mean, probably weeks, months, maybe, um, I would try to at least do one person a day. And it, you guys, when I tell you that this may be the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life, I'm not exaggerating. I had multiple, multiple mental breakdowns in my car. Like I would literally sit in my car by myself. Mark's at work, mind you guys. Like Mark has not partnered at, with the company yet. So I would sit in my car and I would bawl my eyes out. And then I would sit there and try to make myself look like I wasn't just bawling my eyes out. And then I would go into a business and I had a card and it had all of my services listed out on it. Like not a traditional business card, like where you have a good conversation and you hand it to someone. It was a, hey, here's everything that I can offer you. Here you go. Have a great day. So it was literally like I would go in and ask for the manager and say, hey, this is what I do. You know, I noticed that you guys um, haven't posted in a while and, and there's a ton of value in it. But always, I think the conversation went so much better in my head than it did in person because I'm the type of person, like most of you probably, that when I get nervous, I talk 
so quickly. And you just black out. Oh, I just black out. And so, you know, then I would hand them my card and I would say, is there a number that I can take and I can follow up? And sometimes they would give it to me. Sometimes manager wasn't there and there was no card and whatever. And then I would walk out and I'd be like, okay, that was my one for today. And then I would, <laughs> I would wait. So that, I do it again tomorrow and piss Mark off so bad. But you guys, it was so it didn't nerve-wracking. Make me mad. It didn't make me, that's, I tried he, to hold her accountable to one a day. So on days where she wouldn't do any, you know, I, and the truth is, and I've never told her this, but the truth is I didn't expect you to sign any clients. Like when you've never done sales before, like I, I know how valuable that experience is will be if, if she doesn't realize it yet but was to her uh long term like without having done that if she wouldn't have done that i would say she didn't have it she wouldn't if you if you won't if you don't have the guts and the stomach to go door to door and cold call on businesses or 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 you know people you, you don't have the gut. You don't have the stomach to be an entrepreneur meanwhile also you guys i i did sign a client by the way yeah um but I also look like I'm about 14 years old. I, I am a bubbly, I mean, everybody has their own quirks. I'm not saying that I'm unique in, in having that, but just imagine like you're a business owner and this little girl, I'm 5'1", like I am a tiny, I don't, I don't denounce that I'm a tiny person. I'm a tiny person, I look young, wanders in and is like, hey, can I do your social media? Like, I'm sure that these people are thinking like, yeah. hey, this high school chick wants to start <laughs> posting on Instagram for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like battling with that just a little bit. So anyway, that was probably the hardest thing that I, uh, that, you've had to do that so I've far. had to do so far. Um, you know, another thing I, I, I love structure. Mark thinks it's so funny, but like I grew up so rigid with like, you know, just the way that I was raised and, and the rules that I follow. Like, I love rules. I love rules. I love them. You tell me to do something. I do not. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like the biggest like opposition point in Mark and I's relationship. But I love rules. I love when people give me instructions or tell me what to do and or give me a schedule or, or I have structure throughout my day. And working from home and working for myself and making my own schedule and literally trying to figure out things to do on my own has been like one of the uh, second hardest things maybe that I've had to do in this process because before I had someone instructing me what to do and I could build my schedule out and it was very rigid. I love routine. I function well on routine. So not having that has been a big adjustment. I, I'm getting, I'm getting there, but it's still been, it's been crazy. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So second question was, what's the, what do you think is one of the most valuable things you've learned so far just through the process, whether it's through the process of starting your business or even just over the past two years, one really valuable lesson. Um, I, I, there's a ton. I'm sure if I sat and thought about this for longer, I could come up with a, another answer. But the, the one that's coming to the forefront of my mind right now is just that most people that you meet in real life, uh, I'm excluding internet trolls out of this, most people are inherently good people. Like if you give someone the benefit of the doubt, if you if you have a conversation with them, if you're willing to take a chance on someone and give them the time of day, your life will be positively impacted by it. You know, whether that's your cashier at the grocery store that you strike up a nice friendly conversation, or if it's taking the time to compliment someone on something that they're wearing or 
you know, a personality trait of theirs or just send a genuine text message or anything like that. I've really come to learn that like deep down, even not deep down most of the time, people are really good. And I think that's, you know, what bugs me about people being so antisocial, just circling back to that point is like, you're missing out on, on such good people, you know? And it's like, I think Mark and I were just having a conversation the other day about, you know, being closed off to people. And I find myself guilty of it too. Just people who, you know, are, are different than me in some ways. It's, it's scary talking to new people sometimes because you don't know, you know, what they're going to be like. You don't know what to expect, but I would say 9.999 times out of 10, it's, it's going to make your life better if you talk to them. How the heck did you learn that? I mean, is there a, a certain moment that that just sort of occurred to you or? No, I think I, I just, generally speaking? I mean, I've been forced to, the truth is like when I was working at First Form, I interacted with a lot of people, a lot of important people. Um, Who were all very similar to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also not. I mean, there were a lot of people that came through um, older than me, a lot more experienced in life than me. Um you know, and I, I just talked to a lot of people there and, um, you know, I, and then after I got out of there doing door to door sales and just talking to people there, you know, and even online, like striking up conversations with people, it, it's been really cool. I mean, literally like this is a silly example. It's not actually, it's not silly. It's a really accurate example of what I'm talking about. But last night I went to guitar center to pick up the new cables for the microphone setup. And the guy literally was so nice and so helpful and like literally a like he was just such a, a music guy like he had really long hair like tie-dye shirt on like looks like he loves the Grateful Dead which I did too by the way but I don't know if you could guess that just based on looking at me but um but you know like I was receptive to the conversation and friendly and open to the conversation and, and it made him feel receptive. And you know what? We both had an incredible interaction and it made my, like I literally left with a huge smile on my face just because it was like just pleasant. Like, See, see I love that because you just mentioned something that I think, I think although most of you might initially disagree with me here, um, just instinctively and just as a jerk reaction, knee jerk reaction, I think most people are not receptive to that type of enthusiasm, positivity, and outgoing nature. Like they're not. They're not. Somebody would be super enthusiastic when they, you know, walk up to you and they're trying to, you know, just socialize with you and you're closed off. You're giving them one word answers. You're like, okay, thank you. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you just try to get out of the interaction instead of being patient and being thorough in that interaction and embracing it and, and reciprocating the enthusiasm, the energy, um, because then it creates a magical, memorable moment for both of you. And that's just circling back to where Grace would just said, it makes me sad because you're missing out on life when you're not open to the possibility of all the people that are around you being people that you want in your life, being people that you want to get to know, that you want to have a conversation with. If you're not actively looking to interact with new people every day, you are. You're missing out. You're missing out on the spice of life, on 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 just, you know, a a, a much 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 uh, more enjoyable and social um, experience of life. But yeah, and, and I also just want to add to that, like I am not perfect. Nobody is perfect when it comes to that. Like I say that, 
you know, with a grain of salt, knowing that like I have terrible days where I go into Target and I don't want to talk to anybody and just want to like get in and get out and go to the self-checkout. And, you know, it's like on days like that, especially where I have to remind myself that like people matter and like, you know, you never know what the effect of someone's conversation could have on your day. Like if you're having a bad day, it could completely turn it around for you. Yeah, I actually did an episode on this before where I actually where I challenged people to become what I call the mayor, right? Become the mayor everywhere you go, where you, you walk in and the mayor is just a fictitious idea or character in my mind. It's somebody that's always like walking in, waving, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, the whole nine, just the, the that that persona. And if we can become the mayor everywhere we go, it, it, there's actually a lot that a lot of good that comes of it. And I mean, you can get professional opportunities. You can get, I mean, you just, you never know who you're going to meet and bump into and who can help you. And we've all heard that saying, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And I can tell you for a fact that that is true, okay? Um, And who you know can change your life, right? So why not try to get to know as many people as possible? Yeah. And that episode, at least, and I know that one episode in which I talked about it, um, was with my brother. I co-hosted it with my brother, and it was called "How to Become a People Person." All right, we can I, link it right in yeah, the show notes. Yeah, I, I could. I might be able to link it. It well, Grace might be able to figure out how to link it in the show notes. <laughs> but if I if if we can, we'll link it in the show notes. But that episode of "How to Become a People Person" was incredibly valuable, and I, I strongly encourage you to listen to it. My brother is a very, very, very social person. He is the epitome of the mayor. Um, so, all right, cool. And then last thing, last thing, I guess we'll, we'll close it with this. Um, what is, what has been the most, the best part, the best part about starting your own company? Cause guys, we're, think about this. We're about three months in now to actually working on the company. This is our third month anyway. Um, and things are going well. In fact, we've just recently been talking a lot about the idea, two ideas, one of just generally speaking, just starting to record Um, A lot more like vlogging style content, like longer form video style content and then doing YouTube videos, Um, especially because uh, we've got Grace and and some other people around us just uh, getting really, really good at at not only shooting content, but also editing it and putting them together in video form. So we've been talking a lot about starting a YouTube channel where we can vlog and document uh, just more of our life. We can share more of our lives with you, more of the dogs, more of our traveling, of our road trips, more of like the friends that we meet when we're traveling, more of the EDM shows and concerts that we go to, like more of all of it. We just want to share more of all of it with you guys and show you just, um, you know, really, really just try to set a good example for what it looks like to take your life seriously and and try to make the most of it while simultaneously being successful in business and life and you know, not being a freaking deadbeat, you know? So we've, we've been talking a lot about that, but specifically over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking a lot about documenting bits and pieces of the process of us actually building a company from scratch, you know? And so be on the lookout for some introduction to YouTube here soon, because we do, I, I do want to share sort of what the process looks like and try to be as transparent as possible because it's not going to be a linear process. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to take a long time, especially to get it to where we think we can get it to, but we're not trying to build a small company. This is going to be a, this is going to be a big company, you know, and it's going to take years. It's going to take years and years and years to really get it to where 
you know, to fulfill the potential that it has. Um, but anyway, so we're three months in and what do you think has been the best part so far? I mean, what do you like the most about it? That's such a hard question. I don't know if there's one thing that sticks out necessarily. There's a lot of cool aspects. Um, you know, I, I, it's a double-edged sword with being able to create my own schedule. I know that I said that that's one of the hardest things for me, but I also really enjoy the flexibility of that. I enjoy all of the people that I've gotten to meet and the relationships that I've created thus far. And I know that there's an opportunity to create so many more relationships with people. Um, I also enjoy spending time with you. I know that we don't necessarily like work together right next to each other. Mark goes to a coffee shop most days and I stay at home, um, and use the office when he's gone. But, you know, before like Mark worked 12 hour days, most days. And so I didn't really get to spend a whole lot of time with him other than when he got home from work and he's an early to bed, early riser. So, you know, it was like one hour after work. And of course, like I appreciated what, you know, stage of life we were both in at the time and, and love the time that we could spend together, but it's been really cool. And, you know, seeing Mark and his element passionate about something is, is really awesome. So spending time with him and just being able to travel is awesome. Well, traveling is awesome, but my favorite part without a doubt, I mean, not even, not even nothing is nothing else. No other parts about it even compare, but my favorite part is actually helping these, these small business owners. And like, I know that when they had the initially had the idea to start their business, they had a dream. You know, like they had a vision, like they had something that they really wanted to do, you know, something that they 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 believed in themselves, you know, and it's like I want to. And so and a lot of them, especially me and Grace, we talk to them. A lot of them sell themselves short. They don't know what they're capable of. They don't know what their business could be. And so I love I'm a big thinker. I like I mean, and I, and I say that, you know, I try to say that humbly, but I don't I don't. In my mind, it's like, dude, if I'm here and, I, you know, I'm, if I'm here, I'm going to just do it as big as I can do it. You know, why not? If I'm going to try anyway, then I'm going to try to do it better than anybody's ever done it. Like, no, no matter what I'm doing. Right. And so when when they start talking about their business and their passion and why they got into it and what they're trying to do and how we can help them instantly, in my mind, I'm picturing how can we how, I'm painting a picture back to them of their business and what it could look like in three years or five years or whatever if they if only we got aggressive and we did it the way we should do it right and so uh, i mean there's just a lot of aspects to you know what i can do for for those small business owners whether it is you know giving them some you know feedback and advice on the back end of how their business can become more efficient and they can provide a better experience for every customer and grow um, whether it's painting a picture for them of like where their business could be and where it could grow, whether it's helping them find other avenues to um, to really monetize their business, their products or their services, or whether it's just if it's just driving some initial new traffic to their business and building awareness around it in their city. I know how big of an impact that can have for them. So I, I mean, that's unequivocally it's, a, it's the best part for me is we get to actually help these people and if we can again over the next 10 years shift back that wealth that shifted 
over the past two years because of COVID and be a part of the solution and give Klaus Schwab the middle finger and tell him, you don't own shit, motherfucker. All right, guys. Well, that's it. All right, Grace, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Um, yeah, it's been fun. You'll probably be on it again. Who knows? Maybe. If you'll but, let uh, me. If um, I didn't mess up too bad this any time. Any last words? Anything you want to share? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know. Take Where can it. they find you? We, I said that in the beginning, but I just, know, just remind okay, at Grace Frisella on Instagram and TikTok. At Grace Frisella on Instagram and TikTok. All right, guys, I love you as always. Thank you so much for listening. Um, would love to hear your feedback on this episode and, and if you like talking about stuff like this. Um, and, uh, and as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it. All right. Talk to you next time.